Hi, and welcome to In Search of Insight, Nootropics Depot's monthly podcast. I'm your host, Erica, and sitting next to me is our product specialist, Emil. Hey, everyone. Today, Emil and I are going to be telling you all about one of Nootropics Depot's most popular, sometimes controversial, but generally well-loved products, Subroxy. Subroxy has been transformative for me, for Emil, and for many of you as a supplement that allows for incredible focus, motivation, memory retention, and it also supports immune function and skin health as well. And there's some really interesting mechanisms of action that are working when we are taking Subroxy. And we're gonna get all into the nitty gritty, the details of how Subroxy is working. We're gonna talk about its uh, main standardized compound, Aroxalin A, as well as some other compounds that are important for Subroxy and its benefits, and give you the lowdown on how it works, what the benefits are, why they're happening, and if you're curious to try it yourself, suggestions for stacks and combinations that you might give a try for your own daily stack. Before we get into that, we are going to do something a little bit different than our new product segment. Today, Emil and I are going to start the podcast by discussing our current stacks, what we're loving in our stacks, new products that are really getting our attention, and how it's working for us as we are kind of in this phase of transition for both of us living in a new place, but trying some new products and keeping some of our old favorites in the mix for daily health and cognitive function. So Emil, let's get started with you. Um, tell me about what's in your daily stack and what products you've been trying recently that have really stood out to you? Anything that you've taken away or added in the recent weeks? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, our stacks are pretty much identical these days. So I'll just run through both of our stacks then. Uh, so we take all of these at one point in the day, just in the morning. Uh, we find that this provides the best overall effects profile we wanted. We want those effects during the day uh, when we are most productive, when we are doing the most amount of cognitive work, the most amount of physical exertion, um, and it just keeps things simple. So I'm honestly not a huge fan of having to remember to take multiple different things at multiple different times throughout the day. So I just put it all together take it in one go. So that's how our stack is designed. And typically we're taking our supplements after we've eaten breakfast. For yes. me, this is really important because I have a sensitive stomach and a sensitive mind. So if I'm taking supplements on an empty stomach, sometimes I feel a lot of heat in my stomach and I can feel a bit nauseous. So for me, it's really important to eat something before I take my stack because there is a lot in my stack and it can be a lot to digest all at one time without food. But um, keep that in mind if you are a person who has issues from time to time with taking many supplements at once, perhaps try it after a meal. Um, there are lots of discussions that we've had about absorption and whether to take supplements on an empty stomach or a full stomach. That's for another podcast or perhaps a conversation on Reddit. You can let us know what you think at r slash Depot. But let's get back to the stack question. We take ours after breakfast and we've got quite a lot to discuss. So Emil, let's get started. Yeah, and just to reiterate there, the taking it after breakfast thing, 
I personally am not as sensitive as Erica and I can take everything on an empty stomach. And I have in the past taken my whole stack on an empty stomach because the effects seem more pronounced. Acutely, they seem more pronounced. But over time, I've actually noticed that if I take it after some food, the effects are a little bit more drawn out. It takes longer to kick in, but it also lasts a little bit longer and the overall effects seem to be smoother of my whole stack. So I also take it now after having some breakfast. Uh, so then this is the stack. We take Sistanche. I have it all in front of me, so let me just read it in uh, that order. It's in no particular order, but I will explain a little bit why some things are being paired together. So we have one tablet of Sistanche, uh, standard dosage. We have two capsules of our high-potency saffron extract. Uh, I find that with one capsule, it almost makes me feel slightly agitated in a weird way. But two capsules, I really like the mood benefits. And I do actually feel like maybe my vision is a little bit crisper uh, with the saffron, which makes sense. Um, we talk about it in our Saffron podcast, but it has some interesting effects on eye health. So two capsules of our Saffron, 60 milligrams, uh, then one capsule of our ginger extract. Then we take two capsules of Cognans. Uh, with one capsule, we notice some significant effects, but we really like the effects at two capsules. We also tried three capsules, but that got to a point of diminishing returns. Yes. Two capsules really was the sweet spot. Yes, I've taken many different dosages of Cognans, uh, up to about 500 milligrams. That's the maximum dosage I've taken. And to me, it definitely seems like once I hit 200 milligrams, that's my sweet spot. Anything above it, I'm not noticing a whole lot more effects. So 200 milligrams for both of us seems to be ideal. Uh, 100 milligrams is great too, but we really just like the slightly more pronounced effects at 200 milligrams. Uh, then we take uh, one capsule of our CoQsol CF, uh, CoQ10 supplement, one capsule of our Red Rishi Ultra Potent extract with 9% ganoderic acid. I have to say, sometimes when I'm putting the stack together, I take two capsules of the Rishi because Ooh. I love the calming effects, but I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Okay, so yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we, we put uh, each other's stacks together because it's easier to just uh, do both at the same time. So sometimes two capsules of the high ganoderic Rishi extract. So what do you actually like about this one? The Rishi extract, I find that it has this really grounding, calming effect. And when I combine it with Cognance, I feel so clear headed. I feel so relaxed. I feel like I can really focus. And it's just something that kind of tones down, I would say, the edginess of everyday life, the edginess of particularly stressful moments. And that's really what I look for in my daily stack. Nice. Yeah. I really like it for that reason too. Uh, then we have uh, one capsule of Rhodiola rosea, the 3% salidoside version. One capsule of our Andrographis paniculata extract. That's been a staple in our stack for quite some time now. And I can really notice when we're not taking it because of how my mm, nose, throat, mouth is feeling. You'll know what I mean if you listen to our Andrographis podcast. There's a lot of details about that in that podcast we did about a year ago, I wanna say. 
but Andrographis is a really, really powerful and really noticeable part of our stack. If we don't have it, I notice it when it comes back because my body just feels more relaxed and I think in general it's great for supporting healthy inflammation. Yeah, I definitely notice my inflammation levels are higher when I'm not taking Andrographis. And Andrographis is our main um, inflammation regulating compound with or plant extract within our stack. So um, we really like it for that reason and it has actually replaced curcumin for us. Um, we used to actually take those two together, but it seemed like Andrographis by itself was more than enough. So then we take our vitamin D3 and MK7 um, tablets, just one of those. Um, we recently came out with the MK4, but MK7 just works so well for us, we haven't switched over. Then we, have, we take two capsules of our magnesium glycinate every day. Then this is where our stacks diverge a little bit. I take two capsules of our resveratrol and Erica does not. Then I take one cat or we both take one capsule of our reduced glutathione. And when we haven't taken, like when we run out of glutathione for a while, we'll start it at two capsules to kind of build up those glutathione reserves. But after taking it regularly for a while and we take it every single day, we drop it down to one capsule, more of a, a maintenance dose rather than a replenishment dose. So the reason why I don't take resveratrol is because I find that it gives me so much physical energy that it can make me feel a little jittery. And I have a lot of uh, physical energy and I'm very sensitive to feelings of jitteriness and edginess in my body. So I don't find that it's a particularly nice feeling to have in my daily stack because I, I already have a lot of that gas in the tank, if you will. But Emil, on the other hand, you've been taking it for a while and you've really been loving it. Yeah, I really love the physical energy effects. And I also feel like for my just general gastrointestinal system, it's a really beneficial one. I've talked about this on Reddit a few times, but resveratrol has some really interesting effects on our gut microflora. So I really like it for that reason, especially because we normally, before we moved, I was making a lot of kombucha and fermented foods. And now that we're in a new environment and still kind of getting our feet under us, I haven't taken up my fermentation again. So I'm not getting as many probiotics uh, at the moment. And I, but I do feel like resveratrol kind of helps maintain everything nicely, even though I'm not getting as many probiotics. So I, I like it for that reason. I don't know if I was as aware of the gut benefits prior to you saying that just now, but I'm curious to try it. Perhaps I could switch out something stimulating or something that is giving energy in the stack and put resveratrol in its place because I definitely have noticed a difference in my digestion in general without having all of your amazing fermented foods and drinks in my diet in my everyday life. But I'm gonna have to do a little bit more research on that. Yeah, you can definitely switch out the rhodiola rosea. That would probably be the one thing if you switch it out for resveratrol, you might be okay in the physical energy department. Because hmm, okay. that's one of the reasons why we take rhodiola rosea. Um, it has really interesting effects on mitochondrial biogenesis. So over time, it really helps uh, regulate mitochondrial activity and therefore also some physical cellular energy. Uh, that stacked with the resveratrol might just be too much for you. Yeah, I really do enjoy the rhodiola. There have been times where I didn't take it. If I'm putting my stack together, I'd like to be 
a little bit more experimental, let's say. Sometimes I'll, I'll leave something out um, just to feel what's the mix like without a particular product in there. But I really do like the rhodiola, but I like your suggestion to, to try it, um, to try the resveratrol instead, because the two together definitely can be a little bit over the top for me. Definitely. Okay, so then, yeah, we already said we take uh, one capsule of the reduced glutathione as a maintenance dose. Again, we take two capsules if we've not been taking for a little while, but that's not very often. Only when we run in and I haven't planned properly to get a new bottle. Uh, then Erica takes one thing that I don't, which is the Mega GLA uh, product we don't carry. It's from Life Extension. You just think it really helps with skin health. Um, yeah, this is a product that I researched on my own when I was first getting into taking supplements. And I was doing some research on um, products that would benefit skin health and particularly hormonal acne. And evening primrose oil came up a lot as a product, but then um, I showed Emil and we chatted about it and you said that the beneficial um, compound in evening primrose oil was the... Uh, gamma linoleic acid. Yes, thank you. The gamma linoleic acid, GLA. And that, that's also present in sesame lignans, which is where the GLA is coming from in this product that I take. And so I started taking it and I really liked the effects. I really noticed the effects on my skin and now it's just a part of my daily stack. So it definitely helps my skin stay more regular and um, less acne prone throughout the month. So that is a little bit different between the two of us for our stacks. Yes, and it's a product we don't carry on Nootropics Depot. Um, I'm not sure if we ever would. It seems to work well though, so it, it might be an interesting one to consider at some point too. Yeah. Then we take one capsule of Shodan um, for the nice stress and mood effects. Uh, then we dissolve one of the quick dissolve uh, pregnenolone tablets under our tongue every morning. Uh, so that's it for the everyday stack. And I'll, I know we've kind of uh, diverged a little bit from the stack. So let me just say it one more time in order. So you have a good overview of what it actually is. And Erica can probably bookmark this nicely. Yes. So you can find it back easily. So from uh, the start, it is one tablet of cystanch, two capsules of saffron, one capsule of ginger, two capsules of cognance, one soft gel of Cocusol CF, one capsule of our ultra potent Rishi, one capsule of our Rhodiola rosea 3% solidrocytes, one capsule of our Andrographis paniculata, one tablet of our vitamin D3 plus MK7, two capsules of our magnesium glycinate, two capsules of resveratrol, one capsule of reduced glutathione, one capsule of Shodan, one tablet of pregnenolone, and then Erica takes Mega GLA. Now, you can't see this, of course, but to the side of those bottles, I have four more bottles. And in those four bottles are things that I now am taking every once in a while. Uh, and something I was actually, these ones I was taking more regularly at certain points. So. One of them is actually Sabroxy. Uh, and Sabroxy is one we used to take daily and is one Erica dropped because at a certain point you thought it started, it made you feel a little bit edgy. 
Yeah, I decided to stop taking Subroxy because one thing I noticed when I started to creep up in my coffee consumption, and I was taking Subroxy at the same time, I would get to a place where I was so stimulated that it was hard to slow my brain down. And that wasn't the effect that I was looking for with Subroxy. I wanted more focus, not a more active mind. And another thing about Subroxy that I really like is when I take it um, every once in a while or when I take it during moments where I need a lot of focus, it's very effective and I can feel the benefits acutely. But I was taking it every day for a period of time and I personally stopped feeling that acute effect. And perhaps that's because I just became adjusted to having better focus, having better mood on a daily basis. But I also sometimes like to step back from these mood boosting supplements just so that I can reevaluate what my baseline is and see if there are changes that I can make in my life rather than in my stack to benefit my mood. So I certainly love Subroxy for its mood benefits, but I also want to make sure just for myself that I'm making decisions, how I'm spending my time, what I'm doing on a daily basis that are also going to benefit my mood and not only relying on supplements to do that heavy lifting for me. Yeah, that's always a smart thing to do. Take a step back, reassess your baseline, see where supplements are helping and maybe where they're not helping and then reassess your stack. So we are constantly tweaking our stack. Our stack is flexible and we feel it out when things in our lives change, mm -hmm. like moving halfway across the world. Yes. Now, with all that being said, today, rather than taking my full stack, I decided to only take one tablet of Subroxy because I wanted to feel what it's like to take Subroxy without my other um, supplements interacting with it. I have had one espresso shot and a cup of coffee. So those are the psychoactive substances that I've consumed already. Now I've taken one tablet of Subroxy, let's say 30 minutes ago, so I can start to feel the effects and I'll be able to tell you a more genuine bioassay of my own experience after some time away for the podcast today. Now, Emil, I wanna know what about Subroxy makes it one of those products you were taking consistently and why you decided to step back and not take it quite as often? Uh, a couple of reasons, but one of them actually is because we came out with Vignatex and I find that sometimes Subroxy is more useful for me and sometimes Vignatex is more useful for me and both have a very similar effect. We'll of course get more into what exactly Subroxy is doing, but just for the sake of comparison here, Subroxy is increasing dopamine by acting as a dopamine reuptake inhibitor, and Vignatex is increasing dopamine by acting as a monoamine oxidase B inhibitor. I seem to have high levels of monoamine oxidase B. I did some genetic testing, and from this genetic testing, I found that I have a gene that encodes more monoamine oxidase B enzyme. What this means is that more of my dopamine is getting broken down because monoamine oxidase B breaks down dopamine. So with Vignatex, I can inhibit monoamine oxidase B and I get a really significant effect for it, from it. it. It is very strong. I get a very motivating effect, but it can almost be a little bit distracting sometimes. So for more creative work, uh, more for writing work, maybe a little bit more research work where I have to link multiple different ideas together, I like to use Subroxy. 
Um, but if I take Sabraxi and Vignatex together, the effects definitely become a little bit overwhelming. So I've now um, kind of split Sabraxi out of my main stack. I do still take it very frequently, um, but I switch between Vignatex and Sabraxi a lot depending on how I'm feeling and what I need. Um, if I'm really having a hard time getting myself motivated, I take Vignatex. If I really need some deep focus and maybe some more creativity, I take um, Sabraxi. Another reason why I don't take Sabraxi every day anymore is because I added in Cognans, and Cognans and Sabraxi seem to have quite a significant interaction with each other, and so does Cognans and Vignatex. So Cognans is my uh, kind of everyday constant for focus, for creativity, for thinking about things a little bit more deeply, encoding memories a little bit more um, deeply. And then I like to augment that with either Sabraxi or Vignatex. So the reason it's out of my stack is because I want more flexibility. And because you don't, at least for me, you don't have to take Sabraxi every single day for it to be effective, I can really benefit from the acute effects. Uh, even though as a daily thing it worked incredibly well, I think with my changing stack now it works better as um, a tool when I need it. I know what you mean. One thing I'm noticing as I feel the effects of Sabroxy setting in is that Sabroxy makes me feel good. Yes. Just really genuinely good. And I remember that feeling now um, and liking that effect on a daily basis, whereas comparing it to Cognance, I definitely feel more of a cognitive and mental focus with Cognance. And I don't necessarily feel the same kind of relaxation and just general pleasure sensitivity in my body from Cognance. It's more focused on my mental state. Um, Sabroxy, on the other hand, it's helping me in this moment just to kind of recognize my body and my physical state. And I could see why you really like it for creative work because it gives me this feeling of wholeness. It's hard to describe, but it's very unique. Yes, absolutely. It's one of the more unique supplements. And of course, we'll get into exactly why that is in the remainder of this podcast. Another interesting thing to compare it with is Vignatex, like you were saying. And I think from my experience with Vignatex, it was super, super intense for me, and it almost made me a little bit worrisome how stimulating it was in my mind. Um, whereas Sabroxy, I don't feel it that way at all. And so for me, Vignatex is a little bit overkill, whereas Sabroxy is really, really nice. Um, maybe Sabroxy is slightly, slightly less motivating for me. It's, it's really a fun feeling. It feels great. Uh, whereas Vignatex was intense. And then I took down the, the intensity a little bit with our supercritical coriander extract, and that was a really great combination for me. But for you, Emil, I know that you have a desire and sometimes a need to really put the pedal to the metal, and Vignatex is super effective for you for that purpose. Yes, so if I really have to... Uh if the new products are releasing and we have a lot of work to do on the descriptions or I'm writing a blog and I'm kind of in that final stage of writing the blog and I really just need to sit down and have kind of this 
uh, almost limitless type sensation where I just have this extreme mental energy and focus to sit down and just get something done. I really love Vignatex. Um, if I don't have somewhere to channel that mental energy, it can definitely get a little bit jittery. Uh, but I still really like the effects. So one other thing I've actually been doing with the Fignatex is stacking it together with Tribulus. And Tribulus by itself for me is also a little bit, if I don't really have something to put my mind to or uh, something physical to do, Tribulus is also a little bit overkill. It can be quite stimulating um, and especially physically so. When stacked with Vignatex, it kind of increases the effects of Vignatex and Tribulus. So together, this is a really strong stack. But if I'm really having a hard time to get myself motivated and to kind of be confident in my abilities, this is a really interesting stack. So this is one I reserve for kind of special days when I really just need to focus as deeply as possible. I take Tribulus, Vignatex together, great stack. Um, then another one that's kind of a, an every once in a while one is maca. Um, I really like our macamide extract, the 5% macamide extract. It has this really wonderful endocannabinoid effect. If I'm having some physical tension or even some mental tension, um, the maca extract is nice. It can kind of make me feel reinvigorated. Uh, and one of the reasons why I take this is we like going out and seeing music, but we also like going out and seeing uh, DJs play around town. And sometimes those events go to five or six in the morning and we've been up all day. So I need kind of a refreshment and something energizing and wakefulness promoting. And I really like taking maca in this scenario. Uh, when we go to see these DJs around town, we also actually like taking it with Rhodiola rosea, uh, maca, and then I like stacking it with the NADH and chlorella capsules. This together really makes me feel almost like I woke up again, and it makes it so that I can last a little bit longer into the night. Of course, the next day um, I feel really tired, your sleep is impacted, so going out and staying out that late is something I don't do very often, but every once in a while there's a, a DJ in town that I really want to see and really just want to um, be in a dark room for a while with a really intense sound system and really relax and let my mind wander, then it's great. Uh, so that's kind of my going out stack. Being one with the music. And I think it's fun that you and I have both started to take these little mini stacks before we go out. Um, nootropics for clubbers, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that a new category um, because it's, it's effective, it's fun, and there's nothing like the combination of some of these relaxing and stimulating supplements with some club mat and a great sound system and a really long night. And you really do get to put these supplements kind of to the test in a more intense environment. And I think that's a cool and very unexpected way to experience some of these supplements because, I don't know, maybe uh, people who are first taking or eating maca as a food source weren't having these opportunities to explore the effects in a nightclub. Um, 
but it's a really nice combination. And another thing I think that's cool about maca, especially, is that it is physically warming. I find that when I take maca, that I'm much faster to warm up when I'm on my bike or when I step outside. And so I have this um, image in my mind. It's reminding me of the podcast about maca when we were discussing maca as a food source, especially in these um, high altitude, cold, arid environments. It's protective for your brain, but it's also really nice for the physical effects too. So I don't take maca all the time, but on occasion, I really do enjoy it as well. Yeah, it, it's really nice as an occasional one. I do feel like if I take it every day, the effects do diminish. So this is one that if I take it every once in a while, it is most effective. And it is definitely one that feels a little bit more fun, maybe not as functional for me. So it's more of one I like to take. Uh, when we're going out and seeing some music or even if I've had a busy stressful week and I just take uh, a capsule of the maca a little bit of the supercritical coriander extract and just binge watch a tv show watch a movie <laughs> etc so yeah. that is another one we take occasionally and not mm -hmm. every day it's the coriander extract it's really nice if I just need a deep sense of relaxation but not getting tired. So I know a lot of you actually take it before bed and it helps with sleep quality. I find the same to be true, um, but I like taking it a little bit earlier in the evening. It doesn't make me tired where I fall asleep, but it makes me relaxed enough where I can really disengage and watch a movie or something like that and do it with a more relaxed mindset and have a little bit more fun. And, it helps me maybe immerse more in the movie. So that's one I really like. I really like taking the coriander early in the day, actually. I find sometimes that after I've had breakfast and I'm thinking about everything that I need to accomplish in a day, I start to get a little bit overwhelmed because I have high hopes. Um, but sometimes I think, oh no, am I going to have enough time? And when I have this feeling early on in the day, I think, you know what, it's okay. Let's take it step by step. I take a dose of the supercritical coriander extract and then I can just ease into my day and kind of let go of those um, those worries and it definitely helps me to feel more physically settled and it also helps with my focus too so I find myself reaching for it perhaps as um, I don't know a little bit of a of a preventative measure if you will yeah, that's a good way to put it. A kind of like a nootropic seatbelt. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. So that's another one that's in the occasionally taking. And then myrrh is another one that's in the occasional um, section. And I really like the myrrh extract if I wake up with some physical tension, uh, maybe like a, a tall headache or something like that. Uh, I like taking the myrrh. It puts me in a good mood and it kind of eases all of the little aches and pains. So that's that's one I really enjoy. I tried myrrh recently when I was experiencing some menstrual cramps and it definitely helped. Um, there's something very calming about the myrrh, but it is very physically relaxing. And in a subtle way, it doesn't necessarily change my state of mind, but I like that because it's targeted. It feels very specific and it was definitely effective for that purpose. Yes. Right, so that's kind of the, the whole stack with the occasionals in there. Let me just go over and highlight and not go into it all too deep, but I'll highlight a few synergies we've selected. So for example, 
Cystange increases the stereogenic enzymes, which we talked about in our previous pregnenolone podcast. So then we stack it with pregnenolone. And pregnenolone is the master steroid hormone precursor. It's kind of at the top of the steroidogenic uh, enzyme pathway, which creates androgens. So when you're enhancing the steroidogenic enzymes with cystange and then you're stacking it with one of the precursors that you need within this steroidogenic enzyme system, you get some really nice synergy. I also find that uh, cystange and pregnenolone synergize well in terms of mood. Then another synergy with cystanch is actually cystanch and resveratrol, um, which I forgot to mention this earlier, but cystanch also has some positive effects for gut microflora, for gut health, so it stacks nicely with resveratrol. Then uh, we take the saffron together with the cognans. Saffron has um, serotonergic effects. Of course, a lot of the effects of cognans are serotonergic in nature through the 5-HC2A receptor. So in terms of mood, creativity, sensory processing, there's a lot of synergy between the saffron and the cognans. Uh, then, as we talked about earlier, cognans stacks really well with Cebroxy and Fignatex. So in those occasional moments, that's a really great stack. I find that ginger kind of synergizes well with everything. It definitely synergizes well with the andrographis for its inflammation regulating benefits. It stacks well with uh, cognans for its mood benefits, same with cystanch, uh, stacks well with resveratrol for kind of that GI comfort feeling. It's a really nice one to kind of tie the stack together. Um, let's see, then we have Cocusol CF. It definitely works well together with Rhodiola rosea and again resveratrol for that cellular energy uh, component. I personally take Cocusol CF because it's one of the only things that keeps my migraines at bay. So that's why it is in my stack. Uh, for Erica, it's more of a cellular energy thing. Then the ultrapotent Rishi, I feel like it goes well with pretty much everything too. It has a really natural relaxing effect. So it adds another layer onto something like Shodan, for example, where it feels really naturally, but deeply relaxing. It goes well with andrographis because of the uh, different ways in which the two approach inflammation. And again, then it goes well with ginger. Um, so rhodiola rosea, we already mentioned a few uh, synergies there. So that one is definitely synergistic with resveratrol, uh, with cocusol CF, and also just in terms of mood, it goes really well with cystanch and shodan because cystanch and shodan are quite calming. Um, so if we're not balancing that with something that's somewhat energizing, it can feel a little bit the stack can feel unbalanced and it can feel too calming. So this is one thing I've always designed in my stacks is I have a really nice balance between energizing and calming components because I definitely need things that are calming in my life, but I also need more physical and mental energy and focus. But sometimes when it is just mental focus or mental energy, physical energy, can get a little bit too much. So I like balancing it with something calming. Um, so that's a nice one. Um, then magnesium glycinate. We switch between magnesium sources quite a bit. Um, before switching back to magnesium glycinate, we were on Claramag for a long time. I really like the effects of that, but there's something about magnesium glycinate with that extra glycine content. I just really like the effects of glycine. 
So it's a little bit cheaper. Uh, so that's nice. You can take higher doses of magnesium. Of course, there's also magnesium glycinate in Claramag, which is why I really like Claramag. Um, but just by itself, and to keep the stack maybe a little bit more simple, I really like magnesium glycinate and it stacks well with a lot of the other components. Again, magnesium has a nice physically relaxing effect that has a nice cognitive enhancement effect. So that's a great one. Um, vitamin D3 and K2, there's not really specific synergies here, except maybe then with the magnesium, there might be a good synergy there for uh, bone health. Uh, but that one kind of stands alone in the stack, mostly because we don't spend a whole lot of time during the winter here out in the sun. Even if we do spend time out in the sun, only our face and kind of hands are getting sun because everything else is covered by clothing. When we lived in Phoenix, it was kind of similar, but switched around. So in the summer, you actually tend to not get a whole lot of sun exposure because you're it's trying to... It's just so bloody hot. Yes, you're trying <laughs> to hide from the heat. Uh, unless you have a pool, uh, which one of the apartments we were at years ago had a pool, so we spent a lot of time in the pool. But then again, that amount of intense sun exposure is also not particularly healthy for skin. So we try and not expose ourselves to too much uh, UV radiation. And in that sense, having vitamin D3 available is always nice, especially in the winters here. The reduced glutathione kind of goes well with everything too. It works as our master antioxidant. So anything that has an effect on oxidation, it will go well with reduced glutathione. There are a lot of different things in our stack which actually upregulate glutathione synthesis a little bit and alter glutathione metabolism. So just having glutathione there is great. Shodan, again, it's one of those calming supplements that goes well with the other components in our stack and again is balanced by something like rhodiola rosea. So rhodiola rosea by itself, maybe it's a little bit too uplifting, stack it together with shodan, it's a nice balanced effect. Um, pregnenolone, we already talked about the synergies there, but it really is a nice one for confidence, um, for hormone synthesis, for feeling nice and strong, recovering well from exercise, that's a great one. Um, and then, yeah, the occasionals, we already discussed some of the synergies there, but that is kind of the gist of our stack and the different synergies. And really the main goals we're trying to tackle is enhance mood, um, have a nice relaxing effect that is not lethargy inducing, uh, a good amount of mental focus, uh, a good amount of uh, enhanced memory consolidation, cognitive flexibility, so divergent thinking, creativity, which is important for both of us. Erica, as being a musician, it's important for you to have divergent thinking, creativity, but also focus. And memory, for and sure. Memory. Uh, and for me, it's important that I can interpret scientific research and not get stuck in one direction, and I can think outside of the box and link multiple different concepts together. So. Staying creative is important for both of us in two drastically different fields, one in the arts, one in the science. Yeah. And there's a lot of overlap there, of course, too. Absolutely. And there might be a question um, from some of you about how often we're taking these supplements. This is our daily stack. We take this yes, every, every day. And um, a little anecdote, the other day we were biking and 
we, we had an appointment to go to before we had a chance to take our stack. And Emil had taken a supplement to bioassay, something new that he was testing out, uh, particularly beneficial for physical function and for blood flow. But I didn't have any supplements in my system. And I was really struggling on my bike. I was feeling kind of stiff. I was feeling slow. Um, I felt like I, I couldn't get enough air. I just really wasn't biking as fast and as strong as I normally do. And Emil was really surprised. He was thinking and said to me, you're going quite slow. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Um, what's going on? I haven't seen you bike this slow in a while. And I was just racking my brain. And then I thought, well, I haven't taken my supplements yet. And honestly, I think with everything that we're taking, um, it's certainly benefiting my mental state, but I really think that it's helping my physical performance as well. Definitely. So and we're very active. We, we go walking a lot, uh, we bike a lot, you know, going out to a club and dancing all night long into the, uh, uh, what did they say? The, the wee, wee, hours the wee of small the, hours of yeah. the morning, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's physically demanding at the end of the night. You, you really feel like you've, I mean, you have been exercising. Because yes. You're, you're standing, you're on your feet for many hours. It's something that, you know, working and sitting down behind a computer, you don't often get a chance to do. So having that physical stamina uh, to exercise and enjoy our natural environments around us is really important to us. Absolutely. And it's something that we can really feel the difference when we don't take our supplements. Yes, and that, definitely. And that biking moment was just one really specific example where I thought, oh, wow, now I can really tell the difference. And um, it was obvious. There was a huge difference in how I feel with my supplements and without. So that's a little bit of an overview for you. Um, if you have questions or you want to discuss any of the products we've mentioned or the benefits that we experience, you can ask us a question or post something on our subreddit. That's r slash Depot. And I will be listing our current stack in the YouTube description. So you can also check it out there as well as links. Uh, for those of you who are somewhat new to the In Search of Insight podcast, there's a lot of information in the YouTube description of each podcast episode. So there's links to the featured product, uh, this month, that's Sabroxy. There's also links to the stack combinations that we discuss in the podcast. And we try to link and give as much information for other um, parts of our conversation, such as our daily stack update, like we're doing now. So definitely check out that description. Uh, go learn a little bit more about the products and then go chat with us on Reddit because there's always very fascinating conversations happening there. And you can also chat and meet other nootropics geeks just like you. So with that being said, I think it's time to launch into the main event, the star of the show for this month, which is Sabroxy. Yes, definitely a, a very interesting botanical. So let's get into that. Sabroxy is an extract that is made from the bark of a tree. And that tree is called Oroxylum indicum. The interesting thing about this tree, though, is that it has some really funny names, uh, some common names. So one of them actually is the tree of Damocles. Am I saying that correct, Erica? Damocles? Um, that myth? Uh, actually, Are I'm familiar not familiar with, with that one. Okay. So for anyone who's not familiar with that myth, and hopefully I'm saying this right, the sword of Damocles 
So. Oh, maybe it's Democleus. Democleus. Either or, I'm going to stick with Democles. Okay. Because it's easy to say. Fine by me. <laughs> it's probably wrong. But in that, uh, I think it's an ancient Greek myth of Democles, or it might be from, I'm probably completely butchering this. But anyways, there is a, a king and he has a, a lot of wealth and a lot of nice food and drink and a lot of pleasures. And, but there's this constant fear that he's going to get murdered because he's pissed off a lot of people. So he basically says he can't ever enjoy those things because there's always this anxiety of murder, of things going horribly wrong. Typical king his, problems. Typical king problems. So then there's this other guy who I also completely forgot the name of uh, in this story. But he basically says to this king, oh, you've got it really good. Um, I wish I could have it. Um, and there's no way you can't enjoy those things. So then this king invites this person over and they sit and they get fed by the servants of the king and they get all of the nice things. They get slathered in nice perfumes and they get nice succulent meats and uh, wine and things like that. And then this guy notices above him, there's a razor sharp sword hanging right above his head. Which one, the peasant or the king? The peasant, okay. the, the normal guy. Okay. He's sitting there and he notices above him, there's this razor sharp blade and it's hanging by a single horse hair. Oh. And now all of a sudden he can't enjoy the luxuries that the king is providing. And then the king says, see? This is how I live my life. I can't enjoy these things because I'm always anxious of what bad things might happen to me. The fear of death hanging above my head. Quite literally. So then, of course, this person immediately excuses himself and leaves the castle because they don't want to be eating these nice things with a potentially deadly blade hanging above them on a single horsehair, which, to be honest, horsehairs are really strong, so I would have probably just stayed there and gotten pissed drunk off the, the nice wine. Risk but, it for the biscuit. Yes. But anyways, that's kind of the story. There's a lot missing from it. And it was a whole, great retelling. And the whole point is that this tree is called the Tree of Damocles because it has these uh, really large seed pods that look like swords, and they hang from very bare tree branches. So if you're standing underneath it, it's kind of like you're standing under the sword of Damocles. Very interesting. And I'm not sure if this has anything to do with the myth you're telling, but the feeling I have when I'm taking Subroxy is like that of a king. I mean, that's a little bit silly to say, but <laughs> honestly, I feel great. I feel relaxed. I feel focused. I feel like if I had a... Um, a long list of things to do and um but do you feel like there's a sword hanging above your head no 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 <laughs> certainly not i don't i feel great i feel like there is no sword above my head and in fact um i feel like the pleasures of life are easier to enjoy with subroxy so maybe that has something to do with the story or perhaps i'm just making that up completely I don't think it has much to do with the story, mostly because I think uh, the sort of Damocles is more to kind of put into perspective that there might be a lot of anxieties of life that weigh on all of us. 
Like yeah. our current sort of Democles might be climate change. It might mm. be political unrest. And I think actually JFK famously said in a speech uh, when there was some worry about nuclear um, war that we had a nuclear sort of Damocles dangling above our head. Oh, yeah. Um, which was that as Americans, there, there was a, a time of prosperity, but could you really enjoy it if you had these very unstable individuals with their finger hovering above a nuclear bomb trigger? Um, okay, I'm understanding the, yeah. uh, the analogy more now. Yeah, so that's kind of the... You can have all of these things to enjoy in your life, but if there are definitely things that can detract from that a lot. So absolutely, you, know, uh, you could be having the best time in your life, and then look above you, and there's a razor sharp blade hanging above your head. You're not gonna have a great time anymore. Absolutely, so that's kind of the story. But we're getting pretty far off topic now. But that's a really interesting name for this tree, and if you see pictures of it, it really does kind of look like. There are these kind of sword-like things hanging from the tree. There's also another interesting name that this tree is referred to as the Indian trumpet tree. Do you have any idea where that name association comes from? Yes, it's because of the flower. The flower ah, kind of okay. opens and it looks trumpet-like. Okay. Then there's also a name, the Indian caper tree. So before the flower opens up, it looks like a really large caper, like extremely big one. Um, and they're actually used in a similar way. So these flower buds are pickled, similar to capers. And I believe capers actually are also flower buds uh, that haven't come out yet. So they're used in that way too. So the flower bud or the unopened flower buds pickled. And that's where the name Indian caper tree comes from. Hmm. Then if we go more on that kind of scary terror uh, name of the, the tree of Damocles, Another name is the, uh, I think, let's see, the Night Terror Tree. Oh. Yeah, the Indian Night Terror Tree or something like that. I'm blanking on the exact name right now. Um, but the reason that, I think actually it's a Malaysian name, um, the tr loose translation. And the reason for that is it's a night flowering tree. So the flower, the flower buds only open at night. Okay. And when they do that, they emit a really nasty smell. But that nasty smell attracts bats. And bats are the natural pollinator of this tree. Okay. And they actually attract the bats with, for humans, a very unpleasant scent. And clearly for bats, maybe a nice smell. And then they come and they um, kind of feed from the nectar, probably from the uh, flower. And then they get covered in pollen. And that's how they are working as pollinators. Aha, so a very smelly tree that's attracting large swarms of bats. I can understand why it's given this uh, night terror tree name. Yes, and another uh, apparently one of the reasons why it's called the night terror tree is because if it is dark and there's a lot of lightning happening kind of behind the tree, the shadows it casts, and you can imagine with these sword-like huge giant bean pods hanging off of it, um, it, it would create weird shadow flashes. Mm -hmm. That's another reason why it's called that. Basically, the seeds on the inside, these big seed pods, yeah, the big seed pods, there's about five to 700 seeds in there, and they're really thin and papery. 
and when they open up, the thin papery seeds kind of fly through the air and look like butterflies. So the actual name, uh, which I believe is a Chinese name, and there's also an Indian name for this, translates to butterfly uh, tree, hmm. because the seeds look like butterflies falling from the tree. Oh. And because of this very light, papery, aerodynamic, wing-shaped uh, seed, the seeds can also disperse quite a, a far distance. So that's a really interesting thing about that tree too. As you can tell from the background of the names we're giving you, this tree is coming from Southeast Asia. Yes. Primarily. Uh, so it seems to be native to Northern India, maybe Bangladesh, but it is found through all of Southeast Asia, even as far as the Philippines, which of course is, an, uh, is a collection of islands and it's, it's off the, the coast of Southeast Asia, but even there you have Rocks laminicum trees. Um, they're found in Malaysia, in Bangladesh, in India, uh, Laos. And if you look at, there's a lot of traditional uses for it, but it's oftentimes actually used as a food. So the uh, seed pods, the bean pods, they're edible. And if they are mature, the seeds can be roasted and then scraped out and you can get a little bit of uh, food from there. Some, I think salads are made from it sometimes. But if the seed pods are a little bit less mature, you can chop them up. And if you look for Aroxalum indicum on YouTube, you can actually find a few videos, uh, kind of like home videos from Southeast Asia of people chopping them up into little bits and then frying it with common uh, curry herbs, and then making a um, Aroxalum indicum bean pod curry. So it's used as a food, but in these seed pods, there are also bioactive uh, compounds. And like we've talked about in other podcasts, a lot of bioactive compounds are in our food. And this is one example of that. So, Quite an edible tree, certain parts of it. The flower buds are, uh, before they come out into flowers, they are eaten um, like capers. And then once the flowers have actually bloomed, they are harvested too and they are cooked as well. So now I'm actually kind of curious how those flower buds would taste if they are emitting a strong, unpleasant odor. Uh, is that still in there when you cook them? Do you cook it out? Maybe it is pleasant once it's been exposed to heat. Sometimes when you expose nasty smelling compounds to heat, they turn into nice smelling compounds. A famous example of this is rum. Uh, those nice fruity ester aromas in rum are coming from the precursor butyric acid, which smells like vomit. So when you heat up butyric acid in um, uh, the context of alcohol, ethanol, you get nice fruity smelling esters. So maybe if these flowers are being cooked, they produce nice aromas. And if I look on the comments on these YouTube videos, everyone really seems to enjoy the taste of Aroxalum indicum flowers and bean pods and uh, these Indian capers. This makes me curious about the scent and the flavor of the bean pods, the um, pre-bloomed flowers and the flowers themselves, because Subroxy, as a supplement, like we take it, has a really distinct smell. Agreed. It yeah. has a kind of sweet, almost cinnamon-like, sort of 
baking spice type of smell. And I'm really curious if this is a part of the, you know, the raw ingredient and the flavor and the aroma of that, or if the smell comes more from the different processes that go into creating the Subroxy tablet, but can't be so sure. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. And of course, so, so let's actually get a bit back on topic. I, I always think it's interesting to give some uh, a representation of where these botanicals come from and how they're used. I think it really puts into context how important some of these botanicals can be to local populations. And I think that should be explored. And you see it being used by a lot of different cultures, a lot of indigenous cultures throughout Southeast Asia. So it is a well-known tree. In India, it's very well-known in Ayurveda. It is part of a formulation of 10 different roots. So then the roots are used and it's used for general aches and pains. Uh, and then if you just think of the, the roots, the bark, the flowers, the, the bean pods, all of that, in a traditional um, sense, they're being used usually for pain, which is interesting once we really start talking why we are interested in Subroxy is not necessarily for pain, but you can still get a lot of pain management benefits from it. Uh, so traditionally, uh, it can be used for joint pain, it can be used for general body aches. Actually, it seems to be used for menstrual cramps and pain traditionally. Um, it also seems to be used for glucose metabolism and for general gastrointestinal health. And interestingly enough, uh, the makers of Subroxy, Sabinsa, which is actually, uh, they're an American Indian company from the, the country, India, and they have three different patents on it. One is for the synthesis of Aroxalin A, one is for, which doesn't actually seem to really be related to Subroxy, but it seems to be listed in some old marketing materials. Uh, but then the two that are actually related to the Subroxy extract itself are, um, it functions as an alpha-glucosidase inhibitor in the intestines. So this helps with glucose processing. So that relates back to those traditional effects of using it for glucose metabolism, just general metabolic function. And then another um, patent they have is on the use of it for uh, gastric ulcers. So again, relating to that traditional uh, aspect of its use. So general aches and pains, uh, knee pain. I was seeing a, a video of a doctor saying that in India, a traditional practitioner saying that he used it to dispel excess fluids uh, from a body, which you know, is a bit of a, a vague concept, but might have to do too with fluid retention in painful joints and things like that. So it seems very useful generally uh, for a lot of different purposes. But one thing that never comes up in these traditional uses is it's used for cognitive function uh, and for focus, mood, those kind of things. It really seems to mostly be focused on physical health, not necessarily mental health, which is odd because Subroxy's main uses are for memory and cognitive function. Um, 
So perhaps in the actual bark extract, you're not getting very high levels of uroxalin A. That would be my best guess. So that kind of brings us to one of the main active compounds in this bark extract, subroxy, which is uroxalin A, which is a flavone. And subroxy, when we first started carrying it, Sabinsa was only standardizing it to uroxalin A, 10% uh, of uroxalin A, but in our analytical testing, we actually also saw peaks that matched bicaline, which is in our Baikal skull cap extract. Uh, and then we also saw another peak, which was later identified as chrysin. So now, after a year or two, Sabinza actually started standardizing it for 10% eroxalin A, 15% bicaline. Uh, that is E-I-N. So you have bicalin and bicaline. Bicalin is the glycoside, so it has a sugar group on it. Uh, bicaline, which is in subroxy, is the aglycone of bicalin. So it just means that the sugar group is no longer there, which can enhance bioavailability, but it can also alter its effects. And then there's chrysin, uh, which is also a flavone. So and it, chrysin is found in Baikal skullcap too. It's also famously found in passion flower. So you have these three different components in there. So no wonder it has um, some pretty interesting mood effects. One thing to mention though, before we get too stuck on the bicaline and chrysin content, I do just want to put it into perspective. So if you look at the average doses for chrysin, uh, in isolation, they seem to be in kind of the 400 milligram range. If you look at the doses for bicaline, they seem to be kind of in that 50 to 100 milligram range. If you think of a standard dose of subroxy, which is 100 milligrams, that means you're getting 15 milligrams of bicaline and you're only getting six milligrams of chrysin. So while it's interesting that they're in there and they might have some modifying effects on the overall effects profile, it's unlikely that they are going to exert major effects. Although I do have to say, subroxy for some people seems to be more GABAergic than others and that would kind of have to come from the bicaline and the chrysin, even though it's present in fairly small amounts. Um, but that brings us back to Eroxin A, which very much is active at that dose range, so about 10 milligrams in a 100 milligram dosage. What I will mention real quick here is uh, Sabinsa recommends two different doses. When we first started working with them, they were recommending 100 milligrams, and then they kind of switched gears to a 500 milligram dose. I don't know, Erica, have you ever tried such a high dose of uh, subroxy? I don't think I have. I think I've tried 200 milligrams and because it can be very stimulating for me, uh, I think I shy away from the 500. I know it was something that was available, but it felt a little bit overwhelming or intimidating to think about this experience I have from just 100 milligrams times five. So I was thinking the same thing, uh, 100 milligrams. Actually, when I first started taking Subroxy, 100 milligrams felt pretty strong. So I was taking 50 milligrams and that felt nice as kind of a daily thing. And then after a while, I started to appreciate what it was doing. And I was also in a different stage of my life and I was just more relaxed in general. And then 100 milligrams just worked perfectly for me. 
I also tried 200 milligrams one time and that felt maybe a little bit overkill for me. So when Sabinsa recommended we do 500 milligram doses, I honestly was a little bit apprehensive about it and put off beta testing such a high dose for a while until we were going to release 500 milligram tablets, uh, which we do carry now. And I just wanted to make sure that I knew what it felt like because I knew I was going to get questions via Reddit and via email about the different dosages and how 500 milligrams potentially worked. So I wanted to be uh, well in the know of what is it doing in me? What kind of different effects can you expect with 500 milligrams? I went into it with a lot of apprehension and the end results was actually that it wasn't as stimulating for me as the 100 milligram does which is interesting, but it might have something to do with what I was just saying. So if you're taking a 100 milligram dose, you're only getting 15 milligrams of bicolene. And at that dosage range, bicolene is not super active. You're also only getting six milligrams of chrysin. At that dosage range, it's also not very active. But if you're taking 500 milligrams, now all of a sudden you're getting five times more of everything. So I believe that is 75 uh, milligrams of bicaline now, which if you compare that to our Baikal Skullcap extract, I believe our Baikal Skullcap extract, yeah, it's a 250 milligram dose with a 20% bicaline content. So that is giving you, if I'm correct here, 50 milligrams of bicaline. So in a 500 milligram dose of Subroxy, you are actually getting a higher dose of bicaline than in a standard dose of our Baikal Skullcap extract. And then you're also getting a much higher dose of chrysin. So now 30 milligrams instead of six milligrams. Probably the chrysin is still not super active at that dosage range. But the interesting thing to note here is that both bicaline and chrysin are active at GABA-A receptors. And actually they attach to the GABA-A benzodiazepine site, which then acts as a positive allosteric modulator of the GABA-A receptors. So basically it makes the GABA-A receptor more sensitive to ligands that are floating around, namely GABA itself, or other compounds that attach to the GABA receptor. So it makes sense now that if you're taking a higher dose of subroxy, the effects might actually be a little bit more balanced because you're getting more GABAergic activity, which is kind of smoothing out the dopaminergic activity of the Oroxalin A. So Erica, I'm actually kind of curious if you're ever up for it, what a 500 milligram dose would do to you. Now that you've explained it and the mechanisms, I feel more confident to give it a try. Um, because the one thing that I find with Subroxy is the 100 milligram dose is awesome. It feels great. Right now, I feel like my mood is lifted. Um, I can focus. I'm having fun. I feel creative. And I just can't imagine what kinds of interesting offshoot experiences could happen if it was this exact feeling times five. But when I think about the balance of these different compounds, with each other and knowing my experiences with other supplements at higher dosages, it makes a little bit more sense and it seems, it seems less intimidating and like the balance of these different compounds would have a completely different profile, effects profile, 
um, at that 500 milligram dose rather than just multiplying the same exact experience times five. And we find this often. So most natural extracts, even just single compounds, but especially natural extracts, which have multiple different compounds in there. If you scale the dose, the effects don't necessarily scale five times. So for me, if I compare 100 milligrams of subroxy to 500 milligrams of subroxy, it is not five times more stimulating. In fact, it might even be a little bit less noticeably stimulating for me, but there are other effects that pop up. So we call this a dose response curve. Um, if, you know, in an ideal scenario, you would take something and, you know, a 100 milligram dose versus a 200 milligram dose is just a doubling of effects. A 100 milligram dose versus a 400 milligram dose is a quadrupling of effects, but it just doesn't always happen like that. It rarely happens like that, actually. Yes. Um, so at different dosages, you can get different effects. One big example that illustrated this to me was I took a very high dose of lemon balm one time on a flight. Uh, very, it wasn't that high. It was like two grams of our generic lemon balm, which our standard dose is 500 milligrams, so four times more. I guess that is significantly more. And I was thinking if 500 milligrams of our lemon balm is really calming and it's great for sleep, I'm just going to be completely knocked out by the two gram dose. I'll be able to sleep for the eight hour long flight. Nice muscle relaxant effect. I'll wake up in the other time zone feeling nice and rested. The opposite happened. It was stimulating. And I found this with Syracuse lemon balm, for example, which has a much higher rosmarinic acid content uh, and also cinnamonic acid content. If I take a 600 milligram dose of Syracuse, I feel more stimulated than if I take a 500 milligram dose of our lemon balm, which feels more calming. So I tried pushing it the other way and I took a 250 milligram dose of lemon balm one time and it actually felt a little bit more calming, although not as impactful as a 500 milligram dose. But the overall character of effect was maybe more calming. So here we have another interesting scenario where there are multiple different compounds working together at a dosage range of 100 milligrams, the bicaline and the chrysin are maybe just very minor effect modifiers, whereas at a dose of 500 milligram, um, bicaline and chrysin become much more significant effect modifiers. So the one interesting thing there is I think 100 milligram dose of subroxy and even a 200 milligram dose of subroxy is great for that cognitive function, mentally stimulating effect. Whereas a 500 milligram dosage actually comes back to a lot more of those traditional benefits, which are um, gastric effects, uh, effects on pain. And I do notice at higher dosages, the 500 milligram dose, it does definitely feel a little bit more inflammation regulating. So depending on what you're looking for with subroxy, you might be interested in a 500 milligram dose if you're more interested in dose effects. And actually Sabinza recommends, and, and this was really mind boggling to us, having experience with the 100 milligram dose, they actually recommend a 500 milligram dose two times a day. So a thousand milligrams total, 10 times more than what we were used to. But if you use it for those more traditional benefits rather than purely the cognitive benefits, it does really seem like subroxy at that level is ideal. So now let's actually talk about these cognitive benefits because yes. we are in Nootropics Depot. What 
we are interested in at the end of the day mostly is nootropics effects. I'm really curious to get into the mechanisms and in my research, just preparing for the podcast, um, I can see that Aroxalin A is specifically working with CREB and BDNF. And am I correct that these are neurotransmitters? No, they are not neurotransmitters. BDNF is a neurotrophic factor. Aha. It is actually a protein, so it stands for brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And it interacts with the uh, TRKB receptor. So in a sense, maybe it is functioning somewhat like a neurotransmitter, but it's a what we call a neurotrophic factor. And when it interacts with the TRKB receptor, it actually initiates the process of neuroplasticity. Uh-huh. So BDNF is something that is really crucial within the world of nootropics because if you increase neuroplasticity, you can increase mood, you can increase um, memory consolidation, overall cognitive function can also be neuroprotective. And then uh, CREB stands for, and beware, this is a real mouthful, cyclic adenosine monophosphate response element binding protein. And this is a uh, transcription factor which regulates the transcription of things like BDNF, for example, but also tyrosine hydroxylase, which um, controls dopamine synthesis. It's basically what hydroxylates L-tyrosine into L-dopa. It also has effects on uh, corticotropin-releasing hormone, um, VGF, Uh, a lot of different things that are involved in neuroplasticity. So it's basically that interplay of CREB and BDNF and um, Roxalin A increases both CREB activity and BDNF activity. Maybe it actually increases CREB activity and then it increases BDNF activity. That's probably the order in which it's going. Roxalin A also has an effect on nerve growth factor, NGF. So... Aroxalin A was always a really um, like a holy grail nootropic compound. It would be posted on Reddit. People would talk about, oh, look at this compound. I think one time maybe there was even an examine.com article about it. It really seemed like the best compound ever because it's increasing all of these neurotrophic factors. It's increasing neuroplasticity because of that. And that's kind of the holy grail in nootropics. You want to increase neuroplasticity. And I remember still being in college and reading about this on Reddit and really being interested in neuroplasticity at the time and really wanting to get my hands on Aroxalin A. Never happened, took a really long time. Now we do have it. So it took a long time to get to Subroxy. So when Sabinza came to us, for a meeting one time, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we have this plant extract that has 10% Aroxalin A in it. We basically shat our pants because we, <laughs> we were thinking, what? We've been looking for this for years and you guys just have it in an extract from this really fascinating uh, tree from Southeast Asia. So what's more important though, so of course, let's not detract from the neuroplasticity effects, but when we're talking about Subroxy, we're often talking about it for the motivation effects uh, for the energizing effects, for the focus effects, uh, for the dopaminergic effects. And this is because Roxalin A is acting as a dopamine reuptake inhibitor. 
For some of you, this is probably a familiar um, thing, uh, but for those that have never really heard of a dopamine reuptake inhibitor, let me try to explain it uh, as simply as possible, but do keep in mind there's going to be some neuroscience at play here, so um, you might want to re-listen to this a couple times or even pull up some images on Google to help with this. So when we're looking at neurotransmission, we're looking at a neuron, we're looking at the synapse of the neuron where uh, there's these little basically packages of neurotransmitter in the synapse in, of the neuron. And these packages are, are called vesicles. So in the vesicles you have uh, dopamine, if you're in a dopaminergic neuron, and some neurons contain multiple different neurotransmitters too, but for simplicity's sake, let's say we're in a dopaminergic neuron, and in that dopaminergic neuron we have little packages, these vesicles full of dopamine. Then when certain signals hit the neuron, electrical stimuli, then these vesicles kind of bind to the cell membrane um, of the synapse. And then the contents of the vesicle is dumped into a fluid-filled space directly below the synapse. And this fluid-filled space is called the synaptic cleft. So now you have a bunch of dopamine floating around in a synaptic cleft. Now on the other side, uh, basically if you think about it top to bottom, you have at the top, you have the synapse, which is releasing the dopamine, it's floating through the synaptic cleft, and then on the other side, there's another neuron, and on there are receptors, lots of dopaminergic receptors. There's quite a few. Um, and then dopamine can bind to those dopaminergic receptors and then send electrical stimuli again. And for those of you, most people are probably aware of what dopamine is doing. It is increasing um, pleasure. So that's one thing Erica is noticing now. It's, it's quite mood elevating. It's quite a pleasurable effect. But another thing dopamine does, it enhances the activity of the prefrontal cortex, of the neocortex, it uh, controls executive function. It contro Is this also the reward system? Yeah, dopamine is definitely part of the reward system and, it, and dopamine can be tricky in that sense too, but it, it's part of the, the reward center. So if we're eating some really nice food, dopamine is spiking. You can feel that as, as reward, uh, lots of different activities, sports, sexual activities. Of course, uh, if we're talking about illicit drug taking, that's a lot where dopamine comes into play too. But in this scenario, we're looking more at dopamine as a um, modulator of just overall cognitive function, of executive function more so, effects in the frontal cortex, prefrontal cortex, the neocortex, all of these brain regions that are really important for cognitive processes. And now let's step back a little bit though to this synaptic cleft. So you have all of this dopamine floating around in the synaptic cleft and it can act on these receptors. But at a certain point, this thing comes in, the dopamine transporter, and it basically grabs on to the dopamine and it floats back up and it puts it into the, the synapse, the neuron, where it came from. And then it gets repackaged into a vesicle and then you need to wait for it to get released again. When you inhibit this transporter, it means that 
dopamine can stay in that synaptic cleft for a longer amount of time and thus it can interact with these receptors for a longer amount of time and then you get more dopaminergic activity. So this is what eroxalin A is doing. It is inhibiting that dopamine transporter and because of that the dopamine that is released stays around for longer and we get more dopaminergic effects. Um, and it's pretty noticeable. So you have this fairly prominent focus enhancing effect, um, fairly prominent motivation enhancing effect, an effect on overall energy levels. It's stimulating, it's mood boosting, and this is coming mostly from it acting as a dopamine reuptake inhibitor. Another thing that's happening in the synaptic cleft, and this will kind of bring it back to what I was talking about earlier in my occasionals in the stack, is there's enzymes floating around called the monoamine oxidase enzymes. And that's what we were talking about with Vignatex. Vignatex inhibits the monoamine oxidase B enzyme. And monoamine oxidase B is also hanging around in the synaptic cleft, and it metabolizes dopamine into various different metabolites and then it, it's just over. Then we have to make more dopamine from L-tyrosine, L-dopa, and then we can get dopamine. So the transporter mostly preserves the dopamine and just puts it back into the neuron waiting for it to be released again. Monoamine oxidase B specifically degrades dopamine. It's just gone. It has to be resynthesized at that point. Um, so there's, and then the other option for increasing dopaminergic function is actually to utilize a releasing agent. So as we talked about in this neuron, you have these little vesicles, you can actually enhance the um, speed at which these vesicles will bind to the membrane and release its content. So you can make a neuron release more dopamine, and this is what for some of you in the know, you'll know what compound does this, but we can't discuss that here. There are some very interesting plant-derived compounds from certain Brazilian uh, herbs that can do this, and they're working on VMAT1 and VMAT2. Also compounds, for example, in uh, canna, mesembrine, they act on VMAT1 or VMAT2, or maybe even both to act as serotonin releasing agents. So there's multiple ways to increase dopamine serotonin as well. You also have a serotonin transporter, by the way, and monoamine oxidase A specifically degrades serotonin. So there's lots of different ways in which you can increase dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine, all of these monoamine neurotransmitters. But before I get too off track and make this more complicated than it should be, subroxy is acting primarily as a dopamine reuptake inhibitor. And I find that if I compare releasing agents, uh, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, and uh, transporter inhibitors, I find that oftentimes transporter inhibitors have the smoothest overall effects, and releasing agents can also have very smooth effects, but they feel more all-encompassing, they feel more in-your-face, Sometimes that can be uh, beneficial, especially if you really want a, a major increase in dopamine, but oftentimes, for me at least, it can almost be distracting. So I really like a dopamine 
reuptake inhibitor. And of course, sometimes I really like a monoamine oxidase B inhibitor like Vignatex, but it's much more in my face. It is a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't necessarily want to take it every day, whereas uh, a dopamine reuptake inhibitor like Subroxy, which I have at certain points in my life taken daily for long periods of time, it's just a really nice smooth way of dialing in my cognitive function, my mood, uh, focus and motivation. So that's one of the primary reasons people are interested in Subroxy and not a whole lot of plant compounds out there are dopamine reuptake inhibitors and there's definitely not a whole lot of dopamine reuptake inhibitors which also act as neuroplasticity enhancers which have an effect on BDNF, on NGF and CREB like Erica was mentioning earlier. So you can imagine that when research was coming out about Aroxalin A and it was getting talked about on Reddit, Aroxalin A seemed like the best nootropic out there. And it took a really long time to get to where we are now, where we actually have an extract. But as far as I'm aware, to this day, we are still the only company that's offering a Aroxalin A product. Um, so as Erica was mentioning kind of at the beginning of the podcast, it is one of our more popular products. Um, and part of the reason is one, it is really effective and two, it is doing something really unique that you can't find in a lot of other natural products. So when you bring everything together, increased dopamine, then you have increased executive function, you're more focused then you're pairing that with increased neuroplasticity. The two are working hand in hand to really help you encode memories, encode what you're learning about. So for, for example, college students, this would be a really interesting supplement if you know maybe you've been slacking a little bit, we've all been there in college, you maybe haven't been going to all of your classes, you haven't been keeping up with the readings and now all oh, the midterms are there or your finals are there and you need a cram and you need to make sure that your time is most efficiently spent encoding these memories, learning about it, integrating the different concepts. Something like Subroxy then is a really interesting option because it will increase your mental endurance, it will increase your level of focus, it will increase your level of motivation and it will also help enhance memory encoding, um, partially from the dopamine, partially from the neuroplasticity enhancing effects. So I think just kind of as a standalone study aid, Subroxy is really interesting. As once you're out of college, you're in the professional uh, work environments, Subroxy can be really good to give you confidence and focus in a presentation, in a meeting, uh, especially if there's a lot going on in a meeting and you need to encode a bunch of stuff that's happening in that meeting, Subroxy is great. And it can be great as kind of an everyday mood booster and um, just to kind of keep your mind sharp to, especially when you combine it with something like Shodan to help regulate stress levels or Panamax, and then you throw Subroxy on top of there, it can be a really good thing to just keep yourself mentally sharp at all times during the week, which I think can be really beneficial in professional work settings, in college settings, um, yeah, just generally, I think a really versatile supplement for putting the more gas on your cognitive function, just 
inching everything up just a little bit more, dialing things in. That's a great one. Yeah, and I think something you mentioned earlier about the creativity enhancing effects of Sabroxy is also interesting to consider. Um, in the past, I have taken Sabroxy prior to recording sessions, and I find that the um, increased focus is super, super helpful. It's definitely something that I benefit from when I'm doing multiple takes, or maybe I'm writing a new part in the moment, or trying a different technique, or changing an arrangement around, and I want to get it right. Uh, I want to get the right take. Having that extra focus and that, that cognitive function really dialed in is super helpful in a high stakes situation like a recording session. I also find that the mood boost is really fun and it helps me deal with the stress of a mistake or just keeping things flowing, keeping things moving and interacting in a positive way uh, with other musicians, other people that are a part of the process. I also think that Sabroxy can be really useful if you are a person who has a lot of creative ideas but perhaps struggles to get started because that mood boost and that motivation really does relieve some of those feelings of um, all of the problems that can start to develop in your mind. Oh, I have to think about this material. I have to go buy this new thing. Now my cables are all tangled up and I'm feeling a little bit hungry and I forgot I had to clean this and you know all of the kind of distractors that can get in the way of actually just getting started with your creative work. I think Sabroxy kind of helps you push past those because the mood boost really lets you enjoy the present moment and kind of hold on to that initial goal that you have with a creative project or starting something new. Yeah so I think that's I'm sure there's also a bunch of musicians or creative people listening and you can hear it from Erica herself it can be really a beneficial thing to take from the start to the finish of a creative project like the recent album you recorded and released um, for a more scientifically minded person like myself it can be really interesting to take when jumping into research but also if I'm making a new batch of kombucha or I'm uh, fermenting something and you know there's a lot of different notes you need to take and you need to be sure your measurements are correct. If your measurements are off, maybe the fermentation is off and then you've just wasted a ton of tea, sugar, raw materials and worst of all, you don't have a nice tasty beverage at the end of it. So being able to take something like Sabroxy to help increase my focus and keep myself in the moment, but also think creatively. So maybe if I'm brewing some kombucha, I'm taking some more creative risks, but doing it in a calculated fashion because I'm also more dialed in with Sabroxy in my system. So very versatile, I think, uh, for lots of different professions, for lots of different studies um, and I think the really nice thing about it is oftentimes stimulants can also make you less creative it can give you that tunnel vision kind of effect and it can sometimes make it a little bit harder to have this divergent thinking and I think part of that might be from norepinephrine uh, if I take things that are really increasing norepinephrine a lot 
I can really have that tunnel vision kind of uh, effect. And of course, this is not entirely scientific, so maybe take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But from Subroxy, it doesn't have a very significant effect on norepinephrine. So it also feels a little bit less physically stimulating and more mentally stimulating. And I find that that more purely dopaminergic, dopaminergic side of things makes it so that Subroxy is nice and smooth and it is good for creative uh, purposes. On the other side, if I then compare it to Vignatex, monoamine oxidase B also degrades norepinephrine. So when you take Vignatex, there is a much larger norepinephrine component to it, which I think for shutting out the outside world and almost tunnel focusing on something, getting more analytical and maybe not thinking as creatively about things, Vignatex is great. Um, because it is higher on that norepinephrine side, but that is missing with Subroxy, which I think sometimes maybe Subroxy won't have the punch for certain people if they are used to more norepinephrine-leaning stimulants, and maybe that's more your preference, then yes, maybe Subroxy is not exactly what you're looking for. If a lot of stimulants are a little bit too edgy, a little bit too tunnel vision inducing for you, then Subroxy could be a really interesting option because it has a lack of those norepinephrine effects. And that's why I really like Subroxy. And that's why I do switch a lot between Subroxy and Vignatex, depending on what I need. If I'm writing a blog and I'm in the final stages and I need less distractions and I just need to uh, condense everything, Vignatex, fantastic, because I'm not in that exploratory phase anymore. I have to consolidate it. I have to block out distractions. I have to be more analytical. I have to make sure my grammar is correct, spellings are correct, everything is flowing nicely, and there's not a, a big need for creativity anymore at that point. When I'm in the beginning phases and I do need to expand my scope and I need to link certain co uh, concepts together and I need to create a fun story to read and also create a fun story in my mind about what something is doing, Subroxy is very useful for that purpose because it's not locking me in too much. In a lot of ways, I think Subroxy helps with focus, but it also helps you to keep it light. Yes. And that kind of balance isn't something that I experience very often from cognitive enhancing supplements, but it is something that's really apparent with Subroxy. And now that I've had the experience of sitting, um, recording this podcast with Emil, having taken Subroxy, I remember that this mood boost is something that's... Um, really fun and balanced. And I think I will continue to lean on Subroxy on those days where I need to keep it light. Um, I, I have a list of things to accomplish, but I also perhaps need a little bit of assistance, a little bit of support in just that general mood and uplifting feeling. Absolutely. And Another thing that just popped into my head when we were talking about this, our lab director also takes Subroxy sometimes, but he doesn't actually really notice much of anything when he takes um, plant extracts or compounds on a cognitive level, but he actually really likes the Subroxy for a slight appetite suppressing effect. So that's another interesting 
uh, way in which Subroxy can be utilized and can actually be kind of beneficial during a longer study session where you're not getting distracted by hunger as much. Because I know in my college days, sometimes the hunger would hit and it's all you can focus on. And then you need to leave your station, your nice setup station in the library and go and get a sandwich and now you're an hour further. So sometimes it's nice to just be able to get that out of your mind a little bit and that can help enhance focus more. Of course, being able to then eat when you need to, which Subroxy doesn't suppress appetite to the point where it makes it hard to eat in my experience and I haven't really heard of this from others. So it is versatile in that sense where it helps enhance your focus and doesn't suppress appetite too much. Um, Something I'm curious to talk about now that we've gone really in depth into the mood and cognitive function benefits of Subroxy is to talk a little bit about the inflammation benefits. And I'm doing some light research before these podcast episodes and I recognize something when I was doing some research, which is that Aroxalin A appears to regulate COX-2, which is related to inflammation levels. And I want to know a little bit more about how this works because this reaches back to what you were discussing earlier about some of the more traditional uses for um, Aroxalin A or the Aroxalin Indicum tree. Yes. And in the Aroxalum indicum tree, there's a lot of different flavonoids, um, a lot of different flavones, a lot of, there, there's, it's a quite bioactive rich tree. The bark, the flowers, the, the leaves, the, the, seeds. the bean pods, the seeds, it, it's all it has a bunch of bioactive compounds in there. And Aroxalin A definitely being one of them, but bicaline also and chrysin also, all of them can influence inflammation levels. And COX-2, which stands for cyclooxygenase 2, is definitely one of the major um, producers, actually, of inflammation. So in this sense, Subroxy is acting as a mild COX-2 inhibitor, which then prevents COX-2 from producing these pro-inflammatory compounds. I see. There is also um, Subroxy in general, Aroxalum indicum in general, but also Aroxalum A, Bicaline and Chrysin are also all acting as oxidation regulating compounds. Um, so those, if you go back and listen to our pain podcast, for example, um, you will hear that if you combine oxidation regulating compounds with inflammation regulating compounds, you get an additive effect there. Another interesting thing actually that popped into my mind is in our pain podcast and in the pain blog, and in the pain blog, I actually have an advanced pain stack. And in that advanced pain stack, I put Subroxy. I put Subroxy in there for a few reasons. One, it has um, pain management effects in and of itself because of some of these inflammation regulating effects. But dopamine also has an effect on how we process pain. So higher dopamine levels means we're not processing as much pain signals, we're, we're not taking them in as much, which means that our perception of pain is lower. So I think Subroxy is a really interesting one for just general pain because of these dopaminergic effects and because of these inflammation regulating effects. This is something I was going to mention earlier when you were talking about the traditional uses for Subroxy and how the focus is on um, pain and inflammation. 
and there really isn't a lot of information that you've found on the cognitive benefits in terms of its traditional use. But I was thinking to myself, perhaps the reason why this cognitive benefit isn't mentioned explicitly is because maybe the, the language and the focus on the benefits of this was on the body as a whole, rather than separating, like we do nowadays, separating our mind and our body. So um, perhaps this understanding of pain is in fact encompassing issues with focus or issues with mood, but it's referred to more generally as pain. And because we know that subroxy has benefits for our mood and for our focus and cognitive function, the way that we speak about it nowadays is like our mind is something completely separate from our body, but we know that our physical state has so much to do with our mental state and they're connected. It's actually all the same thing. So perhaps it's more the language and the understanding of these effects that is the cause for this use for pain rather than saying it's for mood. Absolutely. And, and I do also think one of the reasons why potentially there is not as much of a focus on uh, the cognitive effects and there's more of a focus on the um, physical and pain effects is because in its natural form the uroxalin A content is probably nowhere near as high as it is in this extract. So okay. A lot of research and effort has gone into elevating the uroxalin A content to a very high degree in subroxy. So perhaps when you're just utilizing plain old uroxalin minicum bark, flowers, all of those different parts of the tree, maybe you're just not getting enough uroxalin A to have these effects. So this is a really interesting uh, extract in the sense that we've modified, or we haven't, Sabinsa has modified the level of uroxalin A to make it shine much more as a cognitive enhancement compound or extract, which I do think is really interesting to note about Sabinsa, and I like a lot of their products, um, is that they are really paying attention. They are probably reading Reddit posts too. They are very in the know when we've had meetings with them. Uh, they seem to know what's going on. So they clearly knew that Subroxy needed to contain this Aroxalin A compound because it's acting as a dopamine reuptake inhibitor and it has these effects on BDNF and NGF. Because if you just look in the traditional history of use, you wouldn't necessarily get an idea that, hey, this is something that was always used for cognitive function. So we can make that better, bring it into the modern age and go from there. They really started from almost nothing when you're thinking more about the traditional uses because it's mostly being used for um, pain and uh, for uh, glucose metabolism and all of those things. This does make me slightly curious um, about the potential that auroxalin indicum properties uh, or yeah, the different parts of the tree, perhaps they were referred to in some kind of spiritual language. I'm not sure if you found any of that when you were doing your research, but this is one thing that I always wonder if they're not talking about it in terms of cognitive use, maybe it could be referred to as having a spiritual effect because this can be common 
um, for different foods or different botanicals within Ayurvedic practices, but perhaps it's just not present at all. From what I could tell, not really. And actually, uh, Ayurveda can be pretty um, direct about some of the cognitive effects. If, for example, like in one of our previous podcasts, we talked about cognans and that it's from Bacopa Moniri. And Indian Ayurveda is quite direct about it, uh, Bacopa Moniri, being really good for cognitive function. of course, maybe in the in the different texts that is written in a different way because what I'm reading is mostly Western interpretations of Ayurveda and maybe Aroxalum Indicum is just not something that has been interpreted as much through a Western lens. So maybe you are right. Maybe if you really dig into it, there is a longer history of use for it as a cognitive enhancer. Or maybe from what I do see, Roxalum Indicum is oftentimes used in a mixture of different things for specific purposes. So maybe it was kind of going unrecognized as a cognitive enhancer because it was mostly part of blends rather as a, uh, a single ingredient. That would make sense. In terms of spiritual uses, though, there are definitely some interesting things there. Uh, I think it is in uh, Indian. Yeah, I think it is in India. They hang the bean pods in the homes of elderly uh, people because they think it will decrease their hiccups and decrease the likelihood that they might choke on food. Oh. So I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, I'm not totally sure what that belief is based on. Uh, And I think I read somewhere else that the bean pods are kind of hung up around the outside of a house to protect against evil spirits. Okay. So there definitely is some spiritual use associated with it, but more so in not consuming it then, but using it as a protector. And and maybe that has something to do with it being shaped like a sword. I can imagine hanging sword-shaped bean pods in front of your house. Yeah, that would give me the impression that it might be protecting, if you kind of think of it as a as a sword almost. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'm really fascinated by um, the traditional uses and it is interesting to consider that what we use Aroxalan A for now, um, the fact that we can standardize Subroxy with 10% Aroxalan A gives us this really prominent cognitive effect, even though that may not have been on anyone's radar in the past. Absolutely. So I think we've we've really covered we've covered the traditional effects we've covered um, what it's coming from what aroxalum indicum is what subroxy is what the active compounds are what they're doing how it can be utilized so I think it might be time to move on to some stacks right absolutely and stacks are a really fun part of each podcast because we get to be creative. And we get to think of fun scenarios in which you would want to take Subroxy uh, with something specific or perhaps a couple of different products. So this is actually the perfect task to really put Subroxy's benefits to work. Um, So Emil, let's just start a little bit of back and forth. Um, Off the top of your head, what do you think would be the most fun combination to pair with Subroxy for just pleasure. Let's say you're going out for a great bike ride. The weather is nice and uh, maybe you're going somewhere new. You have to focus a little bit on your route, but you also are using Subroxy for this motivation and mood boost. What would you pair it with? 
Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, we have so many interesting options now. I think I would pair it, I would do Subroxy, Saffron, and Cognance. And maybe I would then, if, if I'm allowed another one, yes, uh, I would add in Maka. So that would then be a, a four component stack. Maka for that physical energy, but also the nice mood boost, the wakefulness, kind of that endocannabinoid, nice warming feeling. Um, saffron together with the cognance to really dial in that extra sensory processing. So, you know, when you're saying I'm going on a bike ride, I'm imagining I'm going through a really nice natural area and I want to take in the nature around me. So having that extra sensory processing would be nice. And then adding in Subroxy for that dopaminergic uh, component, which I think this is a great question to ask. And it's a great stack to kind of discuss really quickly. One interesting thing that has come up over and over on Reddit is that Cognance and Subroxy is a really great stack. And part of the reason for this is because, of course, Cognance is mimicking some aspects of microdosing. But if we think of some of the compounds that are oftentimes used in microdosing, uh, one famous one does have distinct dopaminergic effects, which Cognance does not have dopaminergic effects. So adding in uh, Subroxy to Cognance gives this more complete microdosing type of effect, which I think is really interesting. So Cognance, Subroxy, great combo that would definitely be a stack to consider in a similar vein cognance and Fignatex, but let's keep the focus on cognance for now so i think in terms of this enhancing the the fun aspect of some physical activities definitely cognance nice sensory enhancement nice mood boost saffron nice mood boost nice sensory enhancement in uh, conjunction with cognance um, Subroxy for that mental energy and then and focus and motivation and just overall stimulating uh, effect but not that tunnel vision effect and then maca to bring a bit more of that warming endocannabinoid dopaminergic fun to the mix. Nice I really like that um, and I can already picture it just from my experiences with these different supplements by themselves and combined with other things, I think that would be a super fun stack. Okay, so now your turn. Um, if you want, you can make up another imaginary scenario, and I'm curious uh, what kind of stack ideas come to mind. Well, actually, I'm curious, what would you take as a fun Subroxy stack? Let's see, um, what kind of fun? Um, you're going to go see some music at, like, Bim House in Amsterdam. Okay, I'm going out to see some music and I want to have fun and I'm taking Subroxy. Let's see. Okay, so I would take Subroxy. I would take Red Rishi. I would take Coriander. And, hmm, let's take another moment. And I would take Sibelius Sage. Ooh. Yes, yes. So, I would take Subroxy because it helps me focus, it puts me in a good mood, and those are really important things for me to be able to enjoy music. Um, I would take the Coriander because it's relaxing. And I am a musician and I love music, but I'm also really sensitive to being 
in crowds at times and noise and sometimes when I'm really excited for a concert I can be a little bit edgy because you know maybe someone's talking next to me or um, people are trying to walk past me in front of my seat and so that can kind of be a little bit irritating and so coriander has this really nice calming effect so that can kind of bring my um, my focus back to the music and the experience. And then the red reishi is something that I really enjoy because it adds this very deep calm. It has this sort of yogic quality, I think, to it. And I recall when we were talking about red reishi on the podcast, it also has some benefits for breathing. And I find when I'm listening to music, I'm really focused on what I'm hearing, but I'm also focused on how I am experiencing the music um, emotionally, mentally, and physically, and something I really do, whether I'm playing music myself or listening to it live, is to focus on my breathing, um, because this helps me take in even more of the details of the whole experience. And so I think Red Reshe would really um, give me that extra focus and that extra tuning in to my breathing. And then I would add Sage into the mix, because Sage similar to Sabroxy, has this really wonderful feeling to it. Um, It's very physically relaxing for me. It's something that allows me to kind of release some physical tension. And this can be really important if I'm sitting and if I'm listening to music that's really moving. Because when I am listening to music, I am experiencing so many different details and aspects of it. And if it's very engaging, I can find myself clenching my jaw or um, holding my shoulders close to my ears or maybe um, sitting to one side or the other. And this kind of physical reaction to um, outside stimulus is something that I am aware of. And so I want to be as relaxed as possible and to let the music kind of flow through. And I think Sage is one of those supplements that allows me to be Um, focused on my body and my physical experience, but also just to let go a little bit more. So Sabroxy, Red Reishi, Supercritical Coriander, and Sibelius Sage. That sounds like a really fantastic stack. Um, Okay, so my turn in terms of a scenario. Hmm. Or let's see, actually, I think it's my turn now. I'll, I'll give you a scenario, but let's make it a little bit more practical, like every day. Okay. Um, so let's say you have some writing work to do. Mm-hmm. You are going to be receiving some important packages in the mail, so it's possible that your work could get interrupted during the day. Mm-hmm. And you have plans in the evening with some friends you haven't seen in a long time, which might cause a little bit of anxiety. How would you pair supplements with Sabroxy? Okay, so I would do Subroxy with Claramag to take care of the the focus and mental clarity. Uh, If I get interrupted, I think those two together would really help me get back into the zone quite quickly. Um, And then in terms of, hmm, let's see, relaxation, which one will I pick? Mm, I really like Shodan. So I think I would pair it with Shodan because, and this differs for a lot of people. Some people get quite tired when they take ashwagandha. I don't. Um, and it's just a fantastic one for overall mood um, 
also kind of keeping stress at bay. So thinking of this day where I have a lot to do, I might be getting stressed out, but then I'm also getting stressed out because I'm going to go see some friends at night and I'm getting interrupted. I think that would be a great addition there. So I think I might honestly keep it quite simple then. I would do Sabroxy, Claire, Mag, and Shodan. Nice, I like that. Okay, um, your turn. New scenario, uh, perhaps on a more practical side. Uh, so for you, of course, a practical side would be, um, since you're a musician, either recording or teaching. So I'm kind of curious, actually, in a teaching scenario, how would you stack Sabroxy? That's a fun question. I like that. Um, I think Sabroxy would be useful in a teaching scenario because I like to keep the energy high in my classes because that helps students to stay engaged. Um, and I also think that having some extra focus and memory is also really important when I'm teaching because I'm oftentimes paying attention to many different things at once. Uh, many different students, teaching a complex topic, um, listening to sounds that are being created or um, stimulating discussions, and having so many things going on at once can get a little bit overwhelming. So to keep my speech fluid and to keep the class moving, Sabroxy um, is really, really useful and I have experienced this in the past. But if I wanted to really kick it up a notch, I think perhaps for the clarity and the creativity, I would add Cognance to the mix. And this is the stack we've talked about a little bit already, but I do feel like Cognance allows me to reach into these parts of my mind, my analytical mind and my creative mind that are harder to access just on a daily basis when I am dealing with so many different stimuli at once. Cognance really kind of brings it down to this super um, stable, grounded place where I can speak confidently and I can also respond in real time to difficult questions, which is important. Um, to add on to that, I might add something that is a little bit uh, physically stimulating or that relieves some physical tension as well. Um, but you know, maybe Sustanche would be a good option here because I think Sustanche is calming, but I definitely feel that there is a, a strength and a physical mm, vitality that comes from Sustanche. Um, perhaps I'm noticing this or thinking of Sustanche because I feel like Sustanche has a benefit for my physical strength over time, but I might be standing and um, moving around quite a lot when I'm teaching. And so I need that extra uh, support when it comes to like keeping a good posture, being able to speak clearly and being very physically active as well as mentally active. So I'm gonna say Sabroxy, Sistanch, and Cognance together, those three. So now that we've talked about teaching music, um, we've talked about seeing music, mm -hmm on that same topic and to kind of demonstrate the flexibility of, of Subroxy as well. I'm curious, when you are playing a concert, when you're at a gig, what are you stacking Subroxy with? Okay, yeah, this is really where I think Subroxy can be really effective, but it's also important to be careful because 
Sabroxy is fun. I like that fun element, but I need to stay focused and stay serious. And I find that calming supplements usually help me to kind of stay in the zone for performance. So I would so say- So maybe Sabroxy is not a great fit then. Do you oh. think it would maybe push you over the edge too, if you're already excited and your nerves are high, maybe your monoamine neurotransmitters are already increased because of that stress, anticipation, excitation. Yeah, this is, this is definitely something that can happen. Um, I think because I'm enjoying the experience of taking Subroxy right now in this moment, I like the idea of taking it in a performance scenario, but to be honest, I'm usually excited, in a good mood, and really focused already when I'm going into a performance scenario. Um, I have taken Subroxy before a performance, and one thing I can say, it is really helpful if I need to remember lyrics. Um, because remembering lyrics is something that can just come really naturally. And then in a moment, um, a lyric of a song can just completely escape me. And it's so frustrating. And um, so I think in terms of the memory and the focus, that could be useful. It depends on the scenario, though. But I would say Subroxy, if I'm going to take it in a performance scenario, Subroxy, I would combine it with, um, with coriander. Again, it's very calming. Um, perhaps I would even add lemon balm in there because I can get really anxious and super excited and lemon balm is something where I take it and I immediately feel relief. Um, and then something else I will also take uh, before or after a performance, depending on um, what my routine is like, is Refl because I can play for um, sometimes very long periods of time. and. I need a lot of relaxation and um, blood flow, and I need to avoid pain and tension in every aspect. So I think Refl is one of the supplements that allows me to be physically relaxed and manage pain, um, especially if I'm dealing with sore muscles, sore shoulders, sore lower back. So let's say Subroxy, let's say Refl, and let's say coriander. I really think that those would make a nice simple stack. And if I wanted to be even more focused on the inflammation um, and preventing some of those um, sore muscles and body parts after a long and demanding performance, I would also add tart cherry in there because I feel like tart cherry definitely has benefits for um, this physical tension and soreness that I can experience during or after a performance. Nice. That's very in-depth and, and I think it would work really well in that scenario. And I was actually thinking in the scenario of playing music, maybe a 500 milligram dose would be good because yeah. it has more of those calming balanced effects at that dose level in my experience and it has more inflammation regulating effects. So maybe that would be, I definitely wouldn't recommend that's the first time you try a 500 milligram dose, but if you've tried a 500 milligram dose a few times, maybe that's actually where a 500 milligram dose could shine for you. Absolutely, and something that just came to mind too, um, maybe not so much because of its synergies with Subroxy, but just because of another consideration before performance, I might take ginger also with this stack because one element of this excitement before performing can sometimes be nausea, and ginger really helps to um, just calm my body and especially my digestive system, which really likes to respond to this excitement um, in a performance scenario, funnily enough. 
Okay, well, I, I think we really covered a lot of stacks and it, and it gives you a general idea of just how flexible Cyberoxy can be and what you can combine it with. So I think maybe we ended there. And if you have any other questions about stacks, then the week after we release this, we will be posting a Q&A thread. And on if you our have, subreddit. On our subreddit. So if you have any other questions about potential stacks or you would like us to take a look at your proposed Subroxy stacks to kind of critique them, post them there, and then we can get even further into more specialized stacks. Yeah, absolutely. That was a really fun way to go about putting stacks together and also challenging too to think about these different scenarios. So that brings us to the end of this month's podcast all about Subroxy. Thank you so much for listening to the In Search of Insight podcast. It really is so much fun to talk about these supplements, to bioassay them for you in real time, to tell you about all of the nitty gritty mechanisms and information on the standardized compounds that we have. And Subroxy is a particularly special product because I think it can be really life-changing for a lot of people. It certainly has been for me and it's fun to revisit it after some time has passed since I've last taken it. So if you like listening to the In Search of Insight podcast, we would love it if you shared it with people. You can listen on all streaming platforms and YouTube as well. So share it with your friends, your family, and tag us. Nootropics Depot. We have an Instagram account. You can follow us on Reddit, subscribe to our subreddit. That's r slash Nootropics Depot. And definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. That's where you can get all of the information and the links for the products we've mentioned, the stack ideas in the YouTube description. You can also revisit parts of the podcast through the chapters that are there. So YouTube is really the most flexible and beneficial tool for you to get as much information from these podcasts as you want. So thank you so much, Emil, for this fun conversation. Thank you to all of you for listening. Definitely jump in on our subreddit, ask us questions about Subroxy and interact with us on that Q&A thread coming next week. And with that, we will say goodbye for this month and we will see you next time on In Search of Insight. Bye-bye. See ya.